Oh, mouse is <laughs> not cooperating. Here we go. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Good afternoon on this Monday afternoon. We now have the mouse compliant. How are you? 51551 ray at rte.ie. The computer says no. You get days like that. Yeah, don't you? Congratulations to the women's sevens team who won the World Cup in Perth over the weekend. Uh, they beat the host nation of Australia. Um, it was right down to the wire. Um, and Lucy Mulhall, who's the captain, we spoke to her when we were in Avondale, uh, led the team uh, to the first world... That's the, I think that's the first world rugby tournament we've won. So well done. That's brilliant. We hope to talk to some of the team maybe tomorrow. Uh, they're flying here, there and everywhere at the moment and with the time difference, it's difficult. But congratulations to Lucy Mulhall uh, and the Ireland Women's Sevens team. Uh, that's big news and a lovely picture on the cover of the Irish Times today. Still on football. We have this debate in our house all the time. Soccer, football. You're not a real football fan if you call it soccer. Says my 11-year-old. Anyway, he could be right. Um, there would have been a lot of debate and discussion and tears and gnashing of teeth over the weekend uh, about Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool uh, because big uh, there's a big constituency of Liverpool fans in this country and he was a very popular manager. Anyhow, on Friday we mentioned it and we said that 12-year-old Liverpool fan Dara Gorman was in with us recently and he's from County Monaghan and he met Jurgen Klopp in December and he has said that Klopp's departure as the Reds boss will take a long time for him to get over. Uh, on Friday Klopp announced uh, his departure and in his announcement he referenced Dara uh, who had been over to Anfield uh, earlier in the year and he called him his friend have a listen to Jorgen Klopp and listen out for his mention of Dara I know that there are kids out there they, when they run in my car after games they want to have signings and autographs and stuff like this they never experienced a different manager since they are, are born only recently we met Dara um, our friend I probably have to explain it to him as well, and I will. It's no problem. So I really will try to to do all these things. Imagine, imagine being Dara, huge Liverpool fan, huge fan of Jurgen Klopp, and in one of the biggest days of his career, Jurgen Klopp gives you a mention. Uh, seemingly, Dara broke down into tears. Um, Dara has a condition called Crumlin syndrome. And he sent us a voice note on Friday afternoon when he heard the news of Klopp's departure. Hi Ray, it's Dara here. Just heard the news that Jurgen Klopp has left Liverpool. I'm absolutely devastated that my favourite manager has left my favourite club. But I have the privilege of spending the day with him and I'll never forget it. Thank you so, so much Jurgen. You'll never walk alone. Ah, it's not lovely? Thanks Dara. And commiserations to all Liverpool fans listening. Uh, it's still January, I know, I know, the fifth Monday of the longest month of the year. Uh, it seems like it's been going on forever, forever. Anyway, uh, good news, February starts this week, yay! Bank holiday next weekend, yay! Claire's been on to rayatorte.ie. I'm looking forward to the upcoming bank holiday, Monday 5th February, and usually make something that reflects the holiday, like a Guinness and chocolate cake for St. Patrick's Day, but I'm stumped for next weekend. Have you any guidance for me, you being a Kildare man? Claire, no. I don't. <laughs> there was no tradition ever that I can remember in our house of making anything special for St. Bridget's Day. Well, there would have been the crosses, obviously, but not, not, nothing different when it came to food. 
what about Granny Bonner's brown bread? Anything? No. Ray Darcy Sr.'s pancakes? No. Uh, no. Um, we'll have to start a tradition here. Um, there, there, as far as I know, there are no traditions uh, involved with St. Bridget's Day. So we'll have to start them. We'll have to start them. Any ideas, please? 51551 Ray at Still on food. I see the Guardian newspaper have released its top 20 toppings for toast. Right? Top 20 toppings for toast. It's the Guardian. (laughs) Hot honey and ricotta on toast. Fennel tomato sardine on toast. Uh, Tomatoes cooked in creme fraie with mint on toast. Anchovies. Yeah, straight anchovies on toast. I love that. Truffled leek rarebit. Lamb tartare with pickled cucumbers. Avocado and tahini, roasted chickpeas. Ah, come on. Broken beans. Maybe that's a typo. Is that, should that be bachelors? Broken beans. By Amy Newsom. Anything else there? Uh, confit garlic and goat's curd. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And there's no mention, right, in, in the 20 top toppings for your toast. It's another tongue twister. There's no mention of humble butter. That's it. Butter, that's the, you can't top any other topping on toast but butter. For me, anyway, butter is my top topping for toast. I don't know about you. If you have any other ideas, uh, let us know. We've been hearing this a lot over the last 10 years, and it's confirmation again from the Exeter University. They reviewed data from over 1,000 adults. They were investigating brain health, uh, which included planning, focusing, remembering, juggling tasks. Uh, they call it our executive function, or functions. And they found in the research of a 1,000 adults that those who played an instrument scored more highly. We've been hearing about this for a long time, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's indisputable evidence now. Uh, Anne Corbett, Professor of Dementia Research at the University of Exeter, said, a number of studies have looked at the effect of music on brain health. Our PROTECT study has given us a unique opportunity to explore the relationship between cognitive performance and music in a large cohort of other adults. Uh, so it's a preventative measure as well. So go out and get yourself a tin whistle or a recorder or a flute or a saxophone or a keyboards or whatever and get playing a musical instrument because it's good for you. It's good for you. And there's also the, the social interaction as well. They're citing that if you play in a band and singing in a choir, again, good for your brain health. Um, and all of those things are enjoyable as well. Did I tell you I was learning to play the drums? <laughs> it's, it's great crack. The best thing I ever did. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people out there uh, who regret the fact that they never learned how to play a musical instrument. Well, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. I was reading about a woman in her 80s who's learning to play the drums recently. And she's delighted with herself. So it's never too late to start. Now, there was a, wasn't there a, a, a monkey on the run in Wicklow recently? I now see that there's one in the Scottish village of Kincraig. Kincraig. I didn't ken how to get to Kincraig. Uh, Anyway, the village is on the search for a monkey that escaped from the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland. Uh, It found its way out of its enclosure at the Highland Wildlife Park on Sunday morning. That's yesterday morning. And the zoo is in talks with a drone company as part of efforts to find the missing Japanese macaque. Why did it escape? Well, Keith Gilchrist 
of the zoological, the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland says it's a very dynamic group of animals that they have with quite a strong hierarchy. This time of year is breeding season, so tensions run a little bit high and sometimes fights break out over breeding rights. When that happens, the animal's adrenaline can sometimes override everything and rather than get into a fight, it seems this one has just gone for it and got past the enclosure perimeter uh, fence. So they're all fighting over mates and all that sort of thing. And this particular Japanese macaque goes, oh, I'm out of here, couldn't be bothered. Good luck, see ya. I'm off to King Craig. I don't know Ken how to get there, but I'm off to King Craig. That's the way uh, Japanese macaque monkeys speak when they're in Scotland. Um, anyway, that, that, that's a good old story. We'll keep an eye on that and see how the drones get on uh, and if they can they can spot it from the air. Now, a, a couple of weeks ago, we introduced you to the fact that Kate Moss had uh, a playlist for her 50th birthday in Paris and we played some of the clips and we enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was good crack. I see now Brett Harris, who's a radio DJ in the UK, has issued a list of songs not to be played at their birthday party. Huh? So it, it, it's not a list that you can play. So there, it's a list not to be heard at their birthday party. Now, that... There's a problem there, you know, because you write this list, right? And it could be a rainy Monday afternoon, January's dragging on, and you're going, oh, yeah. And you're not, you're not happy with the world. You're not happy with yourself. And you're trying, no, I don't want to hear that. Definitely don't want to hear that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, no, definitely don't play that one. No, I don't hear that. Definitely, no. Uh, that one, don't hear that one. Slide to the left. Slide to I don't want to be told what to do at my own birthday party. No, thank you. Don't hear that one either. So come on, spin me around now. I don't wanna go home. Cause when you hold me like this, you know my heart skips, skips again. I know I should Ollie Moors. I don't want him. And the Rizzle Rap Man. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear him. Now that's fine. You're there on a Monday afternoon, you're making a list of songs you don't want to hear at your birthday party. But cut two, cut two, the party. You're surrounded by all your mates. You're in good form. You've had a few drinks. It's two o'clock in the morning. And you manage your list. And he's going, this is a perfect time for this song. But I have the list. I can't play it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he says, ah, I'm going to go against Brett's best wishes. And I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. And all your mates are on the dance floor. Reaching out Hands in the air, reaching out Touching me Touching you Sweet Caroline uh, uh, uh. Good times never seem so good Nah, you don't, no, don't do a no list Don't do a no list for your birthday party Leave it to the DJ Leave it to the DJ uh, Now, what are you saying? Okay Oh, lots, lots. Five on 551. Five, uh, untoast butter, uh, sliced or smashed avocado, smoked streaky rashers. Yum, yum, says Marie. Oh, all together. Yes, butter, sliced or smashed avocado, smoked streaky rashers. There is the combination of avocado and rashers. It's Something works there really well, says Marie. I, I'd go without the butter if it was from the avocado one, but whatever you're having yourself. Uh, mashed potato is a tradition here in Donegal on St. Bridget's Eve. Very special, Sean, mashed potatoes. I think Doreen Allen had the St. Bridget's cake recipe in the Examiner on Saturday. Uh, they missed butter, jam and marmalade. They did, you're right. It was the Guardian. Uh, Joan Glasnevin, regarding St. Bridget's Day, what about making it National Fish and Chip Day? 
They did a special fish and chip day pre-COVID where everything was half price on that special chipper day. Maybe St. Bridget's Day could replace that day. Cheers. I don't know if St. Bridget had any big connection to fish and chips. John, Joe, but uh, may, maybe that might work. John says, uh, my favourite toast topping combinations are butter, barbecue sauce, hard boiled eggs, hazelnut spread and banana. Now, these, these are separate. You don't put the barbecue sauce and the hard-boiled egg with the hazelnut spread. So one of them is butter, barbecue sauce, hard-boiled egg. Then another one is hazelnut spread and banana. And the final one is butter, ham and melted cheese. That sounds good, John. And uh, Anne Cass from Dungarvan says, uh, Biscuit cake for St. Bridget. I'm making one for granddaughter Emma, who will be nine on the 1st of February. So what are we, we're here. It's the 29th, isn't it? Uh, tomorrow's the 30th. 31st, Thursday, 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 Thursday. Uh, we sat home on Friday night and really enjoyed the Eurosong selection uh, on the Late Late Show. And well done to everybody. Well done to everybody. There could only be one winner and that winner is Bambi Thug. And we're going to be talking to them very shortly, live from our Cork studio. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and somebody says, you must mention Bambi Thug and their fantastic win on your... Yes, I was coming to it. They put on a great show uh, with a stellar performance. I'm a new fan and can't wait for Eurovision this year. Congrats, Bambi. Finals, here we come. Sandy and Kerry. Oh, yes. We dared to dream. We dared to dream. We haven't qualified for a final in the Eurovisions for an awful long time. It's not a music question anymore. It's a history question. Uh, but Bambi Thug could take us there. And we've talking to them, as I say, in about 10 or 15 minutes' time. OK, uh, good afternoon on this Monday afternoon. What do we do for you? This one. Yes, uh, I like this one. Um, it's uh, Whitney Houston and Kygo and their version of Higher Love. Five on five. Bring me a higher love. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that was Kygo and Whitney Houston and their version of Higher Love. Ham and banana on toast. Feckin' lovely. Num, 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 num. <laughs> I think that's what you wrote down there. N-O-M, N-O-M, N-O-M. That's from Ronnie Kilkenny. Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, there is a tradition that has been going on for many years now on St. Bridget's Day, i.e. a cross. I, I did mention that, Marie. Uh, I'm sure you must have heard of making a cross in school for St. Bridget's Day. I mentioned that. Uh, it just I did say that there was no food tradition that I knew of. Um, so thanks for that, uh, Marie. Uh, now, we do this um, some Mondays, not every Monday, but we fill you in on what the team are watching over the weekend. There might be something in there for you, you see, uh, just while it's fresh in their memories. Mm. Uh, Grace, our Grace watched Last One Laughing Ireland on Amazon Prime, a comedy series where 10 comics strive to keep a straight face. They can't laugh. They're the rules. Uh, comedians Jason Byrne, Deirdre Kane, Dave McSavage, Ashley B, Emma Doran, Tony Cantwell and others. Uh, it's real but fascinating, says Grace. All in one room, doing their best to make each other laugh without cracking a smile themselves. There's baked beans, eaten from a trouser pocket, ridiculous fake boobs and an Aaron's rendition of a woman's heart. What's not to like, says our Grace. Aaron finally got to sit down and watch Saltburn. Uh, and absolutely loved it. Barry Keoghan is fantastic, she says. And it's true what everyone is saying. <laughs> that is not a film to watch with your mum or your dad. Uh, Rosemary Pike is a totally scene stealer in it. She's brilliant. Erin uh, also starred a new series last night which is similar to Queen of the South. It's called Griselda. I was going to watch that myself. Uh, Sofia Vergara plays the lead role. Uh, she plays a real life female drug lord called Griselda Blanco, who is said to be the only person who Pablo Escobar feared. 
uh, and the show opens with the quote from uh, Pablo Escobar, the only man I was ever afraid of was a woman named Griselda Blanco. Uh, and Aaron says, the show is great and well worth a watch. Neil finished Louder Milk on Netflix. He says it's warm, funny and it has heart. It's uh, starring Ron Livingston. You might know him from Sex and the City and fans of Shit's Creek will enjoy it, says Neil. Neve, um, as well as watching Dancing with the Stars and Eurosong, uh, she also watched Captain Phillips starring Tom Hanks, an Oscar-nominated Barakad Abdi, which is currently on Netflix. It's a movie based on the true life experience of a boat being taken over by Somali pirates off the coast of Africa. Uh, hard to believe that it was made in 2013. Uh, it has aged so well. That's only 11 years ago. That's Neve. Barbara Rose uh, watched Masters of the Air. A lot of hype around this. Anthony Boyle, Bar- Barry Keoghan, Finn O'Shea. Um, Austin Butler is in as well and Calum Turner. Uh, and it follows a group of 11 World War II pilots who fight German fighters in a, in a bomber called the Flying Fortress. And you can see episode one and two of that. And she gives it a thumbs up. And Louise got a Paramount subscription and started a new series, Sexy Beast, which is a spin-off uh, to the Ray Winston starring gangster film. Sarah Green from Bad Sisters is brilliant in it, uh, but it's yet to take off, says Louise. She's hoping it will eventually. Uh, we watched uh, Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington. Uh, Jenny loved, and still does love, Denzel Washington. And I loved the uh, the scenery. She kept saying, isn't he amazing? Isn't he? What age is he? Look at him, he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, he's 79. Is he 79? 69, 69. Is he 69 or 79? We must look that up. He's, he's, he looks amazing. And so does Atrani. A-T-R-A-N-I, which is the city... Uh, well, it's a town uh, in which it's set um, and it's a coastal town on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, it's uh, cut into the cliffs uh, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Uh, a- an odd movie, but I really enjoyed it. It's up there on Apple. Uh, Equaliser 3, starring Denzel Washington. Now, 5555 on Ray at RT.ie. We were... 69, yeah, not 79. 69, he's 69, Denzel Washington. Uh, we were ambushed on Friday at 4 o'clock by Dustin... Uh, and he was late he was supposed to be here we had a great Eurovision panel uh, Tony Cantwell John from Gogglebox and uh, Mairead from Today FM and Fidda's family uh, and uh, he was supposed to be here he was late so when we should have been doing the quiz we were talking to Dustin about the Eurovision anyway as a result of that we have the two quizzers lined up from Friday that's the reason I'm telling you that uh, and there will be a prize and it's a different prize this week than last week so they're in line whichever of them wins uh, to win a two night stay uh, with dinner at the gorgeous Kilkenny Hibernian Hotel, which is part of the Ainua collection. It's located in the heart of Kilkenny. Perfect place for a break this spring. A beautifully restored building is just footsteps away from the city's main attractions and nightlife. After a day of exploring all Kilkenny has to offer, sit by the fire and soak up some warm hospitality. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, you'll be treated to a lovely deluxe room with bubbles on arrival, breakfast each morning and dinner on one evening. And you can go direct and book uh, KilkennyHibernianHotel.com KilkennyHibernianHotel.com Okay, um, so we'll have our quiz after four o'clock. And as I say, we have the two quizzers lined up. Right now, quick commercial break. And we'll go to Cork after that to talk to Bambi Thug. Email ray at rte.ie The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. 5155 on ray at rte.ie Date, 11th of May. Location, Malmo in Sweden. Occasion, the Eurovision Song Contest final, final 
And we're hoping that our next guest will be there. Bambi Thug, congratulations. Hello, thank you so much. Yay! (laughs) This is very exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. It's very overwhelming. It hasn't sunk in yet, but um, I'm delighted. Have you watched (laughs) um, the announcement back? Yeah, I, it's, I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's everywhere on my phone, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it's important, just so you know it's real. Yeah. Isn't that it, Bambi? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll play it out for our listeners at home, just just for those Wicked. who didn't see it on Friday night. Who's the 12 points going to Brooke? Let's make it official tonight. Off you go. I'm so honoured to say that our public have decided to award our 12 points to song two, Doomsday Blues. There we go! We have a winner! Oh, yes, we have a winner, Bambi Thugs! Yeah! <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was shaky at the start, wasn't it? Yeah, I was I was nervous, actually, quite at the start. I was, I was um, saying my... Little Irish spell song over and over to myself. How does that go? Uh, do you want me to sing it for you again? Right, go on, yeah. Tordum, Tordum, Torchance, Dum, Conair, Son, Ma, Here, Magrogiel. I was over doing that over and over. You have a lovely voice. You have a lovely voice. The reason I'm saying it was shaky at the start was the international jury gave you eight points. They gave next in line 12. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the national jury gave you deux points. <laughs> uh, and I think the final vote was probably the most important for you. Oh my God. I That actually, I, want, I, I was about to say broke my heart. It didn't. It filled my heart. Um, I could, I really wasn't expecting the country to get behind me so much. And I, it still makes me quite emotional, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, and the way Brooke away. Scullion put it there, uh, our nation has voted for, so given you 12 points. So we're completely behind you. I know, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all, no pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So talk us through the atmosphere there on Friday because there were chants of Bambi right from the start. Yeah, and there were um, there were banners and everything. Um, it was... It was crazy. I I definitely was having a bit of a um, dissociative moment, out of body experience for the whole thing, to be honest. Um, but it was there was just so much love in the room. There was so much support. I had my mom and my sister and my two best friends from when I did university here before going to London over, and um, my whole my whole crew and just everyone in in RT. It was just so. I just I just felt. I I felt so held and I mm. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I'm so grateful. You nailed it. Thank perf- you. You did. You nailed the performance. Um, Thank you. Uh, I I voted for you. Thank you, Ray. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I voted for one of the other acts as well. But, Good. But, yeah. So so um, we we were delighted at home uh, to to see you winning. Thank um, you. So so after that, the pile up that was great. I don't think I've ever seen a pile up <laughs> in the late late show studio before. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in mini skirts as well. I was like, "Oops, who's uh, <laughs> sorry." So you have to go back and watch this if you didn't see it. So, so it, was that before? Was that before you did the reprise or after you did the reprise? 
Oh. At the very end, I think it was at the very end. I think you, it was at the very you, end. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you'd done your reprise, which you have to do, uh, and then you were just it was there was a stage invasion. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I you, actually think the reprise was my favorite performance. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, because I suppose <laughs> it's 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 there's relief, isn't there? There is relief, and I guess the excitement. I was like, I just I watched that back as well, and there's loads of like me just singing and going whoop. <laughs> halfway through it um, you went off script yeah 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 off script completely <laughs> well it's your song you can do with it what you wish exactly yeah on that um, you had two dancers yes uh, they, are they part of your collective yeah they are so it's Matt um, Williams and Danny um, they are my they've been my dancers for since I've started having dancers on stage with Bambi Thug, but Matt is actually my best friend from university in London. I met him on the very first day of uni and I remember saying to him, like, he's known me through just absolutely everything and um, I said, one day, babe, I'm going to be calling you on to choreograph something for a very big stage and then... I was like, wow, it's happening. Wow. <laughs> you don't get much bigger than the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, you know, you you you're, uh, you completely know the rules, but just for our listeners, you can have six people on the stage. Mm-hmm. So on Friday night, you had three, yeah. yourself included. So you can expand the performance. Mm-hmm. What oh, do you I, think? Uh, yeah, no, I, um, I have so many ideas. I have so many ideas that I need to actually... Um, put everything in front of me and kind of I guess figure out which ideas I really want to run with but I definitely yeah. want more on stage with me here's definitely. just nobody's listening maintain control maintain <laughs> control always so, always <laughs> always I, I, I think that you're that type of person I am I actually I, I God love um, Michael In <laughs> I was giving him so many um, so many notes the whole time I'm, I'm, I was being a bit um just like make sure this is done, make sure this is make sure I have this, can I have this and can I have this? Yeah. Um, so I will, I mean like my vision is um, very important to me and I will, I will make sure it is executed. I will. Because you surround yourself with people you know and love and they know and love you. Um, yes. Uh, uh, they're all very creative. Yeah. Uh, so for example, your hair, um, your outfit, all by people you know and love. Yeah, so my whole um, group, I guess my like chosen family, um, are just all these beautifully talented um, queer people. And um, Sophie Gauck, who was on Glow Up, is my um, one of my best buds, and just so incredibly, incredibly talented. And you know, it's it's really it takes a village to raise a Bambi thug, a village of queers. Um, and it's all, it's, you know what, it is me, but it's, it's obviously me going onto this Eurovision stage, but it's, it's us, like it's mm. our collective, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our brain juices, it's our um, imagination. And I, um, I'm so grateful to have met that, um, that group of people and be on that journey with them. And a big night for the queer community in Ireland. Yes. <laughs> Huge though, isn't it? Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah. Uh, how did you celebrate on Friday night? Um, so we went to the green room for a little bit, but I was very overwhelmed. And then I, was, I had to go into the dressing room. And then we went and surprised the, the fan club at the Odeon. And I did a little impromptu performance. And right. then we actually just went home and ordered some pizza and drank some tea. <laughs> You're wild. I'm wild. You're wild. Gone are my wild days now, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And this weekend, I just went for dinner with Sophie, um, my makeup artist in Cork. I brought them down. And uh, then I met my sister um, at the Raven because she was with her friends. And then we went home again and we saw me on the news. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Was that surreal? <laughs> so surreal. So surreal. Everything is so surreal. I've jumped so many followers as well online. It's in the space of like 48 hours, I... Um, I'm trying to remain, I've been doing a lot more meditation than I usually have been um, because I just need to keep myself grounded, I think. How um, often do you meditate? Oh, I, I meditate daily, but I've been doing like two hours now instead of like 20 minutes right. in my usual. Um, is, is, is that why you got off the wrong stop? You were meditating. Oh my God, yeah, no, I, I don't even, we were in delirium. like we. And I was wondering when we, we were getting off, because... Sorry, people are listening. I got off in Mallow instead of Cork on the way right. on the way back um, on the train, and uh, we all got off. And like my friend Michelle and Sive um, were there. Oh no, not Sive, Michelle. Um, but we got off, and we were just like, "Wait a second, this is not Cork Kent Station." And then, yeah, I don't know where. I don't know what we were doing. We were just, I think, all. I know, I know what I know. What it was <laughs> subconsciously, you're thinking Malmo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mallow sounds a little bit like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah, get off. Yeah, what's the reaction been? Because, you know, the Eurovision community are very vocal. Yes. Uh, on social media and there's all sorts of chat boards and whatever they call them all over. So have you been looking at those things? Um, I, I've i seen quite a lot, um, both good and bad. Um, but are there, oh, there's an overwhelming amount of love, you know, that will always, like, if you're not polarising... You're not doing the right thing as an artist, you know. You, you're going to upset people if your art is actually uh, worth worth its light that it's given. Um, I think, and yeah, I mean, as a as a queer person as well, you know, we get hate, and all I can say is I send all those people love who um, are so, mm. um, I guess, enraged by my art, and I hope that you're okay, guys. <laughs> That's a nice thing to say. Uh, now, the draw is happening tomorrow. Yeah. Did you know that? It's called the allocation draw. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was so complicated. They've, they've, they've more bowls than a good restaurant. So they, they, what they do is they, they separate all the countries that are neighbouring. So they don't want them in the, the same part of the competition. Uh, oh, and then they draw out one of those. And then they have another set of bowls with first half, second half. Um, and first semi-final, second semi-final. So it's a it's a big palaver and a big hoo-ha, but it's happening tomorrow. So you will know uh, tomorrow evening if you're in the first semi-final, which is on the 7th, that's the Tuesday, or the second semi-final, which is on the 9th. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and you know there is talk now, you know, it's the strongest I've heard in a long time about us getting out of the semi-finals. That would be a victory. Yeah. I think, about, <laughs> I, have, I, I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, no, I think you can too. I think you can too. Um, now, uh, I'm a big Eurovision fan. Mm-hmm. And can I ask the country to get behind Bambi? Um, very original and different uh, and uh, agree with Johnny Logan. He said it could easily win and surprise a lot of the negative commentators. I hope they keep the same show pieces Friday. Uh, but above all, Ray, please, 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 can we play the song daily? Uh, it really deserves it. Best luck, Bambi. I've heard of you. I didn't hear of you until last week on the Ray Darcy show. Uh, I love the singing voice. Tons of Amy Winehouse. And remember Lena Lovich as well. Do you remember Lena Lovich? 
That rings a bell. Lucky numbers. Look it up on Spotify. Okay. It's like it's way before your time. But yeah, there are similarities. Uh, Bambi Thug is incredible. Love them. Uh, fantastic song. Brilliant performance. Great voice. Prediction definitely will qualify and end up in the top five in Sweden. <laughs> Maybe even win it. Well done, Bambi. Said Etna. Wicked. Thank you, Edna. Yeah. Uh, so so this is you now. Uh, you're in all the papers, news, everyone's talking about you, followers gone up, uh, but you're still an independent artist and the reality that goes with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, la- I don't have a label. I don't have a, a rich family. I, um, I don't even have a, my own room at the moment. I, all my stuff is in storage in London and I'm sleeping with my sister in her, her bedroom, annoying her. Um, so it's, and it's, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy is all I can say. And I'm, I'm really grateful that maybe things are changing for me so that that won't be the case by the end of the year. Like I, I'd love my own bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a small enough aspiration. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, this is going to open up doors for you. Yeah. Um, and over the last five to ten years, the Eurovision has become something different and it is a shop window for for acts and it has a global audience. And if you look what has happened to people like Maniskin and others, like it's it's encouraging, incredible. isn't it? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I'm I'm so beyond grateful. Um, I'm so beyond grateful, Ireland, to all of you for allowing me to have a, a chance on that big platform. You have no idea um, how much Maintain I Maintain control. Yeah. Maintain control. Sorry. <laughs> Keep control. <laughs> Sorry, I just reversed it Sorry, there. Sorry, Gollum so is would here understand. in the studio taking over the mic. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you have it in your head what, what it's going to be. It's going to be different than Friday night. Oh, 100%. I yeah. want to elevate it so much. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but I definitely want to make something that even Eurovision hasn't really seen. Wow. Um, right. Uh, I want to bring in all my all my skill houses, um, theatre and... Uh, like our whole... We have a group chat about it um, on my WhatsApp and it just... Everyone is like throwing ideas left, right and centre and yeah. a reference photos and you know, we have so many ideas I, I think we're really gonna gonna deliver something um, brilliant show stopping uh, very <laughs> exciting uh, we, we, we'll have to get you into studio uh, before you go to 100% yeah uh, congratulations again Bambi thank you Doug. so much Ray yeah enjoy it see you bye 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 bye, bye. maintain control Alison says, brilliant, a worthy winner and sounds like a really sound person. It gave me Shakespeare's sister vibes. Yes. Yeah. Good reference point, Alison. Uh, brilliant. Keep polishing up. Uh, love the transition pieces with the little dance. Very clever. Bambi. Uh, ba- That's Joe. Uh, did you know that Bambi uh, did ballet? 
So there, and that's where the dance comes from. Uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about Bambi Thug in the coming months in the lead up to Eurovision 2024, which is happening in May. Quick commercial break. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Now, uh, we're joined by the O'Duffys. Hello, O'Duffys. Hello, Ray. So we have two daughters and a mother, uh, Jennifer and Sarah O'Duffy, two sisters, and mum, Orla, and Jennifer and Sarah are planning uh, to climb Mount Kilimanjaro this June to honour their late dad, Connor, and to raise money for the Asifajil Cancer Fund. Uh, Connor conquered uh, Kilimanjaro back in 2003, and stood at the summit while simultaneously bat- battling esophageal cancer. Uh, so this is this is a lovely thing. It's a thing you've been talking about for an awful long time, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, so Jennifer, tell us a little bit about where it all started then. Yeah, the idea originated a few years ago, um, but COVID put a stop to it. We got very excited and carried away. And then, of course, we had to put it to the side for a while. And then it resurfaced last Christmas. Um, we were all just sitting around the dinner table and we said, if not now, when um, it's something that myself and Sarah have spoken about and I think those stories that dad had always told us um, and we'd seen the pictures and it had just been something that was in our head for a while so yeah we committed to it uh, this time last year and now it's really becoming real (laughs) and it's this year the 20th anniversary of your dad's death exactly yeah what age were you when he died so I was four years old. Right. Yeah. And Jen was seven, seven. years old. Seven, ah. yeah. Yeah. So very young. Yeah. yeah. So what do you remember of your dad? Um, I do have some uh, specific memories, probably prompted by photos that I've seen as well. But um, I mean, I do have very nice memories from Christmas times and, and holiday times. Yeah. Uh, one specific one that I, I have in my head when I was, uh, I guess, three or four years old, um, I guess, Every family, it's very special picking out Christmas trees every year, but he always made it extra special because we would go up to uh, like a farm in Enniskerry and he would borrow a tractor from a local farmer. He'd bring up his own chainsaw, we'd pick out the tree and he'd chop it down and right. we'd bring it home and decorate it <laughs> yeah, and it just yeah. made it extra special right. every year. Uh, and Connor, very young. Or yeah, 42. Yeah. When he died, he was yes. 42. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so it was. Where did you meet? We actually both gate crashed a party, as you do in Dublin. Uh, a friend of mine was heading to a party and asked me to come with her. And likewise, uh, he was asked to accompany somebody and we were introduced. And, you know, small talk, you're saying, well, where are you working? What are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm teaching down the road in Mantamble. And he said, in Mantamble? And I said, yeah, in the Montessori section. And he said, I went to school there. And I said, you're joking. I went to school there as well. Right. <laughs> so unbeknown to each other, uh, you know, I mean, this obviously was uh, 20 years later, but we had both been in the Montessori school together. He Probably was, played together as children. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> claims that he spotted me in the playground. He never <laughs> took his eye off me, but look, you know, I like to believe that. And this that. wasn't a chance meeting. You've been plotting <laughs> yeah, yeah, for all yeah, that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of went from there. But yeah. um, What sort of a man was he? A very different... Uh, kind of a guy he was um, people describe him as being quirky uh, unconventional I would say meticulous is another word I would use um, yeah his, his friends used to describe him like the, the boy scout uh, in, in, a, in a friendly way they would say you know gosh Connor the boy scout like he had a, a tool to fix everything mm. and 
He even had uh, a portable windscreen in his car. What, what is a portable windscreen? Uh, a replacement windscreen? Yeah, in the, in it the boot is of his literally car. a plastic windscreen all folded up and it, it remained in the boot of his car for probably Perfect. about 10 years. <laughs> did he yeah. ever have to use it? He did, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Right, he did? Yeah, he was on his way to Conseil with a, a gang of his friends right. and a stone hit the window and took it out. There you go. They were all panicking, thinking this is the end of the weekend. He says, no, no, no. <laughs> portable windscreen. So, uh, so yeah. he, he was a, a pilot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he worked for Aer Lingus. He worked for Aer Lingus, yeah. 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 Initially, he learned to fly when he was 16. Um, How do you do that? <clears throat> well, there was a flying school up in Paris Court in, in Enniscary, yeah. The golf club is there now and he was disgusted when the golf club <laughs> went in because they, they took his airstrip. Right. <laughs> yeah. But um, he he lived, ju- his family home backed onto Airfield mm. and he used to hop the wall uh, uh, after school every day and he'd go over and help the overend ever- sisters on the farm and that's where he got his love of farming um, but there was no farmland in his family and he kind of thought you know I can't make a living out of this um, so he married the two careers and he because of his flying experience right. and having learned to fly at 16 he became a crop sprayer Wow see there you go so, like there, yeah. you know how yeah. do you marry agriculture yeah. and yeah. flying that, that's yeah. it so yeah. you don't, we don't so do he was crop, crop spraying no, here. no it was over in the States right. yeah, yeah okay. in Georgia in the, yeah. in the States yeah uh, and then there was an opening in Erlingus right. and much to his mother's delight because she was worried sick about him. You know, the crop spraying was quite a precarious yeah. uh, job. And did, did you ever, yeah. were you ever on a plane that your dad flew? We were. Yeah, yeah. a good few times. Yeah. Yeah. Were you? Right. <laughs> yeah. What's that like? Special treatment. Special treatment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No complaints. No, the sure we would have been quite young, but uh, there was one time, where were we flying to, Mum? Was it Los Angeles? LA. Yeah. LA. Yeah. I don't think Sarah was born yet. Yeah. Um, and mum was fully relaxed on the flight dad was flying um, and in the cockpit of course and she fell asleep as did I but I then went missing <laughs> the air hostesses couldn't find me <laughs> then there was a bit of a search party they went into my dad in the cockpit they said can't find Jennifer he said we're in a vacuum yeah. she, she has to be somewhere she, she has, she's on the plane <laughs> yeah. I, I just crawled under a seat and put myself right, to sleep and right, found right. it more comfortable underneath the seat but we've plenty of pictures of, of us in the front of the plane sitting on his lap yeah. and everything and yeah. um, the hat yeah. with the hats on yeah yeah, yeah very sad you know and it, it, loads of pictures around the house loads yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. endless yeah. amount yeah and this is yeah. this is brilliant because and, and this is particularly sad because he'd been diagnosed with esophageal cancer yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and was it his idea or his brother Paul's idea to climb Mount Kilimanjaro Paul, Paul had done it previously right. yeah I mean I will say his his diagnosis came as a complete shock because um, Connor was an extremely fit guy he was a marathon runner right. but it was just a hobby of his um, he was a non-smoker he was a social drinker like any of us and being a pilot um, they have medical checks yeah, like so twice a year healthy, yeah. yeah so uh, unfortunately the diagnosis diagnosis came as a complete shock to us but um, and initially the thought of a stress because he was he had flown into New York uh, what a few days before yeah. 9-11 yeah and that hit him hard exactly yeah exactly when the events of, of 9-11 happened um you know, he was completely shocked. About it could have it. been me, sort of thing. Well, yeah, right. like they used the the twin towers as their landmark, flying into right. Kennedy Airport. So you know, he just couldn't get his head around it. No more than any of us could get our head around it. But um, it was directly within, I'd say, three four days of that event happening that he developed the, um, the symptoms of. He described it like a ball of gas getting stuck in his esophagus. 
and he said, Jesus, I have fierce indigestion. And he'd be in the middle of a meal and he'd say, I'll just go out for a walk in the garden and he'd come back in. He said, I'm grand now. And he'd, he'd finish it. Mm. So, you know, that happened a couple of times. And then it maybe was happening with one meal a day and then it progressed into maybe every meal. Right. And I said, Connor, something's not right. Now, not in my wildest dreams did I think it was a soft But he's 42, cancer. healthy man. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking maybe it was a hernia or an ulcer. Mm. So when he did go to uh, the doctor, they thought, yes, it could have been stress-related and they put him on muscle relaxant, which was perfectly plausible, you mm. know. And um, they said within, you know, a week, if the symptoms don't improve, come back. So there was no time wasted. It wasn't a case of anybody sat on this. They mm. didn't. And um, so the symptoms got worse to the point that he was actually vomiting. So the food was getting stuck. Ah, right. And so the diagnosis was a terrible shock. Then. Yeah. Terrible huge, shock. Huge. Yeah. So, so then the scope test showed the, the right, tumour. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, um, and yeah. I, I know that some people, you know, the outcomes were good, mm. but Connor wasn't mm-hmm. one of the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. And since then, the outcomes have become much way better. better. Yes, yeah, yes. much better. And if people have any hint that they might have something wrong yeah. in that department they should go and yeah. get it checked 100% yeah. yes yeah. So, so so Paul convinced them to time yeah well he was in he had just had his surgery and he was in intensive care and his, his brother came in to, to visit him and Paul put the finger out and said right O'Duffy you and I Kilimanjaro we're doing it right. and a year later yeah he did yeah. lovely you've yeah. only had a lovely picture of him at the top of yeah. uh, Kilimanjaro yeah. very happy man yeah. 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 yeah and at that stage he didn't know that the cancer had spread to his spine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will be honest, I was quite worried about him going on that trip. Mm. But because, you know, he was only in recovery and I just thought, you know, I didn't want to stop him because it was a, a dream of his to do this trip. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he, he, was in, he was in a lot of pain. How he climbed it, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a massive achievement. Oh, yeah. tea too. Yeah. Uh, so I was saying it's 20 years since your dad died. Yeah. Uh, it just happens that the day you start up Kilimanjaro is yeah. Father's Day. Complete coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even Complete realise when we were booking those dates. And you're going the same route. He, yeah, the yeah. same route that he went. It's going to be very emotional, isn't it? Yeah, I think it will be. Yeah. You're retracing his footsteps. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an emotional climb even if you just choose to do it and it's on your bucket list. Yeah. But it's a bit of a double whammy for us now because mm. we have obviously the connection. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, it, the Father's Day thing, that was just both of us. Yeah, I just think we only us. figured that out a couple of months ago. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're up for it, you've you're been training and yeah. Yeah. Doing our best. Yeah. Because yeah. I believe your Uncle Paul didn't make it to the top that time. No, he that didn't. Time, no, no, he yeah. didn't. So we're hoping we don't follow the same fate as yeah. O'Duffy siblings and that we both make it to the top <laughs> together. Yeah, right. hopefully. Um, uh, and you're raising funds for the Ocifageal Cancer. Ocifageal yeah. Cancer. Yeah. OCF.ie. OCF.ie, right. That's yeah. easier to say. OCF.ie. Uh, exactly, yeah. And the, the people will be brought on a path so they can support that there. 100%. We've already yeah. received so much support from friends yeah. and family. Um, it's just a growing platform, really. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. great. Well, mm-hmm. good luck with it. Good luck with Thank it. You, and, Ricky. And thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much. And there's just there's one, there's a, hold on there here. Yeah. Uh, I worked in Aer Lingus as flight crew with Connor. Uh, he was a super guy and great colleague. Please pass on my best wishes to uh, Orla and Sarah and Jennifer. Oh. And that's from Derville. Lovely. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Jeremy. Um, Orla, great to see you again. Yeah, you too. Um, yeah, good Thank luck, you. Sarah. Good luck, Jennifer. Thank Thanks, Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Thanks so for having us. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. 
51551 ray at rt.ie. Uh, please say a huge thanks to the O'Duffys for telling their story to help uh, so many others. Uh, monies will fund vital research and patient support. OCF.ie. OCF.ie. Right, we've two quizzers standing by, ready to play our Who Done a Quiz? And one of them will win a two-night stay for two people at the Kilkenny Hibernian, which is proudly part of the Ainua Collection Hotel Group. It's located in the heart of Kilkenny City. It's the perfect place for a break this spring. Beautifully restored building, just footsteps away from the city's main attractions and nightlife. And after a day of exploring all Kilkenny has to offer, sit by the fire and soak up some warm hospitality. You'll be treated to a lovely deluxe room with bubbles on arrival. Uh, breakfast each morning and dinner on one evening. KilkennyHibernianHotel.com KilkennyHibernianHotel.com Michael MacDonald Hello How Michael okay? How are you keeping? I keep forgetting where you're from Carlo I'm from I'm from Carlo next door to Kilkenny actually yeah. Did you get that reference at all there I keep forgetting No No I didn't actually No no no, no. <laughs> Do you know you share a name with the lead singer of the Doobie Brothers who went out on his own his I, know was, Michael, I, do, I do know that Michael yeah. MacDonald yeah. yeah he had a song called I keep forgetting There you go Michael It was <laughs> <laughs> now you're breaking up there I tell you what we're going to go to Valerie and we'll see if we can get a better line for you Michael uh, Valerie hello hello how are you Ray? not too bad you're in Clonagadu Clonagadu that's it Clonagadu yeah. in Geisha yeah. <laughs> it does yeah. it does sound like a makey up name yeah my youngest daughter when she was young Ray she couldn't ever remember it so she used to say it's a place that rhymes with Scooby Doo so <laughs> <laughs> where yeah, are you from? Sound like a bit, um, yeah. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, joking, I'm joking. If you're asking your daughter where you're from, I'm from a yeah. place that, that rhymes with Scooby Doo. It does sound like a, right. like some place that a, a Pat Short uh, character would be from. Yeah, exactly. It does. Yeah, it's just off the main Tullamore Manelic Road. Right. And, and, and are yeah. you an aide from Clonagadoo? Uh, no, I'm from Rathangan originally. Ah, so right. your part of yes, the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian Dowling's country. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. Is he the most famous person from Rathangan, <coughs> Brian Dowling? Well, apart from me, of course. Yeah. Apart from you, of course, yes. Yeah. They, they all talk about uh, yeah, Valerie I'd Whitten. Say he is. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he is. She yeah, went off the Clonagadoo. Clonagadoo, What are you up to today, Valerie? Uh, well, on Friday when I called in, I was driving to Kilkenny. I thought I'd give it a chance. And here, lo and behold, oh, yeah. first time round, they answered. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, on a Monday, I generally relax. I was a teacher, but I've retired now. And on a Monday, I relax, Ray, because... My two girls come home from boarding school on a Friday and right. the washing is piled uh-huh. high. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, when that's all done, I think on a Monday, it's time to chill. So I've just made a nice lasagna for dinner. I'm collecting my daughter from the train in Port Leash in about an hour. So she's studying optometry up in TUD. Right. And uh, yeah, we'll probably sit down and play a bit of Scrabble tonight. Right. You know? And so your <laughs> eldest daughter, your eldest daughter commutes. <clears throat> Yeah, she does. Right. Yeah, she does. Yeah. But your Port Leash is not too difficult to get to Dublin from Port Leash now by train, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She likes being at home. She likes the home cooked food, Ray. And right, the, right. All the perks that go with being yes, at home. Yes, you know? yes. The, the, yeah. the, the laundry service and all that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the taxi service. The taxi, and yeah. The, and the dinner on the table yeah, and yeah. all that. Stuff, yeah. Know? Let's yeah. see if we can get Michael back on the line. Hello, Michael. <clears throat> Hello, Ray. I'm still here, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit better now. Okay, so so okay. we established her in Carlow. You're up against Valerie today, uh, who's in uh, Clonagadoo uh, in County Leash. Um, okay. uh, whereabouts in Carlow are you, Michael? 
just outside of the Kilkenny border, actually, what a proud Carol man I am. Um, just outside of Paulstown, between Paulstown and Baggenstown. Aha. Um, uh, and uh, who's at home with you? Uh, well, it's only my wife now at the moment. Uh, I have two girls, but they're in college as well. One is one is in France at the moment. She's skiing. Uh, she's nice. finished her college. Uh, she's. Uh, oh, I'm not sure what she, she did. Oh, she was a renewable energy and. Right. Finance, environmental finance is what she studied, and the other girl is doing veterinary. So, all right, uh, and you've a bit of a, you've a bit of a farm yourself. Small bit of a farm, but it's only a hobby. I work I work by day, and I come home and do a bit with the doing a little bit on the land then in the evening time, and right. this evening now I have to bring a greyhound into Kilkenny to give him a trial. So it's all go. So that's another hobby. I've never <laughs> heard of farming referred to as a hobby before, Michael. That's a new one on well, me. I'm telling you now, Ray. You're, you need to talk to a few more of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying, in that there's not a lot of income, but the, the hobby not thing a lot of income, but usually implies some sort of enjoy enjoyment. It is enjoyable. It is, is it? Enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. So it's Michael McDonald from Carlow versus uh, Valerie Whitten in Clonagadu in County Leash. Um, so you know the rules. Three questions each. I give you the category. Ask if you want a clue. If you go for a clue and get it right, you get a point. If you go without a clue, it's more difficult. So you get two points for a correct answer there. Uh, and then at the end, whoever has the most points is the winner. If it's drawn points, Michael and Valerie, uh, we go to a tiebreak question. And we'll explain the rules when we get to that. Okay. Good luck to you both. Best of luck, Valerie. Look. Now, Michael, to you first. It's uh, bands. Bands as bands. M- music bands, yeah. Oh, here, I'll try two, eh? Try two, okay. Uh, who is this for two points? Who's that there? That's Queen. It is. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I want to break free. Great video as well. Him hoovering the house. Uh, Well done. Two points. Good start for you, Michael. Valerie. Bands. What do you want to do? I'll go for two, please. Okay, no clue. For two, who is this? It is the Rolling Stones. Start me up on a Monday. Two points for you. Well done. Uh, good stuff. So a good start from both of you. Back to you, Michael. Second category. American singers who also act. I love those ones. They're quite specific. American singers who also act. How do you feel you do on that? I'll try to, Ray. You try it too. not great, but we'll try to. Okay, this is an American singer who also acts. For two points, who is it? We worked so hard. We worked all week on that performance. Bradley, who, you know, I like never relinquish control about a live stage performance. I mean, I've done a million of them. But, you know, he directed this film and he directed all of, you know, obviously the musical moments in the film. And he directed, obviously, Shallow, the moment in the film. So I knew that he had the vision for how it should go. Who's that? Well, it's only from the words that she was talking, uh, Lady Gaga. Yes, yes, she's talking about A Star Is Born. She starred alongside Bradley Cooper. You get two points. Valerie, American singers who also act. Uh, I may go for two. So two, okay. Uh, who is this for two? I remember when my friend Paulette and I were talking about when we were going to have to cut our hair and stop wearing jeans. 
because it seemed like in those days that's what women did and um it doesn't it hasn't hit yet i mean i just can't believe how i will be 80 at some point sooner than i wish that and i will still be wearing my jeans and i will still be wearing long hair and i will still be doing the same stuff i've always done who's that is that sure it is sure yes it is <clears throat> um two points <clears throat> for you too very even for all it's down to the wire any other cliche you might mention it's Irish comedians Irish comedians is the final category so Michael what do you want to do with that gosh I'll have to try two again Ray okay uh, so can you name this Irish comedian for two points good luck no I'm not a bit surprised they're, are, they're Irish will have anybody <laughs> <laughs> and they will they love it if somebody turns up and says you know my great great grandmother was here once for a quick stop <laughs> for a pee on her way to somewhere else they're delighted Who's that? I, I know him. He's a sweet-looking individual uh, sometimes, um, but I just... The no. not there. No. Dylan Moran. Dylan Moran. Uh, yeah. Um, he's, he acted as well. He was in Black Books. Yeah. Rotors. He was in Notting Hill as well. Okay. Now, uh, you're not a, out of... A clue wouldn't have helped me. Would it not? No. No. Because uh, no. the clue was a star of Black Books. Uh, you're on no. four. You're not out of a jet. Uh, okay. Valerie, if you get anything from this last question, you're today's winner. So what do you want to do? Okay. I better go with a clue, right? Please. Okay. He doesn't always know the guests. Can you name this Irish comedian for one point? Sometimes you're as well off. You can micromanage these things to the point where you're trying to control things too much. What I do is I give them freedom. So I just say, look, I don't, I won't watch it. Oh, sure, of course I don't. Uh, it's not my type of show. <laughs> Interested in it. Find it very self indulgent. Who's that? Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> I I don't know. No. Don't know. Haven't the two. No. Haven't the two. Tommy. That's Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, you know Michael. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't yeah. transfer oh, the well. question. <laughs> That's Tommy Tierney there okay. talking about his Saturday night chat show. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's for all. Uh, which means we're down to a tie-break question. We asked you this question before you went on air. Whoever answers closest to the correct answer is today's winner. We'll now repeat it for our listeners at home. Good luck to you both. According to Google Maps, how long would it take you to walk from Ireland West Airport Knock in County Mayo to Dublin Airport? Dublin. Um, so, Michael, your guess was what? 37 hours. 37 hours. It's uh, 201 kilometres. And Valerie in Clonagadu. F- 40 hours and 10 minutes. 40 hours and 10 minutes, okay. The correct answer to walk from Knock to Dublin Airport 45 hours. Michael, sorry about that. You were very close, but Valerie well was done, closer. Valerie. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Michael. Michael, we're going to send you out a Ray Dar Show Keep Cup. Lovely talking to you. That's perfect. Mind That's yourself. Great. Good luck. See you. Thanks, bye. 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 Uh, Take care. Bye now. Bye. bye. Valerie. Um, I know you're off to Kilkenny now, but you're also off to Kilkenny again to the Kilkenny Hibernian Hotel for Lovely. a two-night stay with a person of your choice and you get dinner on one of the evenings. They're part of the I Knew a Collection Hotel Group and you can find out more. KilkennyHibernianHotel.com Thank you very well done, much. Well Valerie. That's fantastic. Enjoy your Thanks evening so of Scrabble. Thank See you, you now. Bye, bye, bye. Thanks Thank you. On RTE Radio 1. So our consumer champion, Connor Bope, is on the line. Hello, Connor. How you doing, Ray? How are you getting on? Not too bad. How was your weekend? It was great. And you know that song that you've just played? Remember yes. we've talked about the drums in the past? 
Yes. In my first band, <laughs> we were kind of like a cover band right. and we used to play that song. And I think it was Charlie Watts who, yes. taught, me how to, who taught me how to drum <laughs> through that song. Anyway, look, this is for off air, Connor. But <laughs> I, I, I know why you were drawn to that song as a drummer because anyway, every third bar is a fill or whatever. whatever. It, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. when you're losing time. Yes, anyway, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Let's move on. <laughs> Sad individuals. Right. Okay. Um, now it, it still is January, Connor. Just for your information. Uh, and at this time of the year, we clean out things, spring cleaning, all that sort of thing is in the air. Uh, and we thought you might give advice on uh, a, a cleaning out, an audit of our subscriptions. How do you go about it? Um, um, because we all have things that we subscribe to for some reason over the year. Uh, we're still doing it and we probably don't use them. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a really gratifying and almost fun way to save money because everybody has subscriptions so it might be save you know subscription to netflix or prime or disney or now tv and then you have all the magazine subscriptions and you have all the music streaming subscriptions so basically the thing to do is to go through your bank account your bank statement online or your credit card online or whatever it might be and you just write down on a piece of paper all of the subscriptions that you have all of the money that's deducted from your account on a monthly basis. And then you just take a cold, hard look at it and say, okay, well, I'm paying $9.99 for X subscription and I haven't used it once this month. Mm. Or I'm paying $7.99 for this one and I haven't used it once. And you go through them all and you just tick them all off. And then you say, okay, well, unless I've used this thing, unless I've used this subscription two, three or four or five times a month or whatever number you decide. Con, he's left us. We'll try and get him back up. He has this email, so uh, you're there? No, he's gone. Okay. Um, so he has this, so I'll read this out while we're getting him back up on the line and he'll be he'll be on and we'll find out more about subscriptions in a moment. Um, so, dear Connor, on Friday last, I visited Dundrum Shopping Centre. I noted a few days prior that I was in possession of two Dundrum gift cards, the value of each being €50. Euro. So that's a total of 100. I'd forgotten to use them mainly due to the fact that uh, my wallet contained so many cards and several of them are black like the Dundrum gift cards. I went to the outlet to confirm that I had not used or partially used them. I was told that no, I had not used them, but that due to handling charges, one of them was reduced to €8 Euro and the other to €20. So I've suffered a loss of €72 Euro in total. To the best of my knowledge, they were bought in 2022. I'm probably one of their best customers because of uh, the past several years I've spent hundreds of euro on them, giving them as gifts to family, friends and colleagues. Any comeback? Yeah, this is kind of an annual public service announcement that we do on the show, okay? Because this is not a new problem. In fact, it's a problem that we've been handling for, for donkey's years. So in the first instance, we'll talk about the handling charge. Now, the, Dun the Dundrum Town Centre gift card if you if you get a card and you use it within the first 12 months, there's no handling charge on it whatsoever, okay? So you get a 100 euro voucher, say, and you use that card within 12 months, it's worth 100 euros at the end of it, and you've spent 100 euros. If the card remains inactive after the 12-month period, they start charging you a monthly fee. So, And the monthly fee for the Dundrum Town Centre is 3 euros. So if you, if you have a card for uh, two years and you haven't used it, uh, the 100 euros is going to be 30, worth 36 euros less than it was. So if you have two cards, one of them and one of them is worth 50, like and was bought in 2021, say, and the other is, is worth 50 and was bought for 2022, it's quickly going to be depleted. Now, the Dundrum Town Centre is not alone in this. 
almost every single gift voucher card system that operates across multiple shops that I can think of has exactly the same or similar rules in place. And what they will say is the handling fee is used to affray the costs or to offset the costs that they incur by putting the money into a different account, which they then keep safe in the covering all eventualities, okay? So the Dundrum Town Centre is not unique in this. And in terms of is there any comeback, these are clearly outlined in the cards, terms and conditions. And I know that this listener is uh, feeling understandably aggrieved, but it's not a new practice. It's not a practice that's confined to the Dundrum Town Centre. And when I say a public service announcement, the only thing I can say to people is if you have vouchers, it is absolutely essential that you use them and you use them in a timely fashion because there's absolutely nothing to be gained from sitting on them and there's nothing to be gained from saving them. And I know that this listener said, oh, well, I had lots of different cards in my wallet. But to be honest, we do have to take a degree of responsibility okay. on ourselves in these kinds of instances. Connor. But it is it is worth remembering that the, the fee exists and it exists for all okay. of those kinds of cards. Now, firstly, it is a perennial, just like snowdrops. Um, yeah. But did the law not change? That's a very good question because a couple of years back, uh, the law did change on vouchers. And we were clamouring for it on this show. We were clamouring for it everywhere. Yeah. We were demanding because the law prior to the change was absurd. It meant that you could, I could buy a gift voucher for a shop and they could set a random arbitrary three month expiry limit on the voucher so I could pay for something I could pay for the voucher with cash and three months later they could say yeah that cash is now expired mm. that voucher is expired you can no longer use it so when the law was changed there was a lot of lobbying from the card providers I'm not saying the Dundrum Town Centre but just generally the card providers because they wanted to make sure that the fees that they charge provide uh, continue to be charged so the, the changes in the law only covered effectively the expiration date of vouchers and it didn't stop companies who were selling the cards from charging fees. And if you want to look at them as kind of management fees, like their effect, what they would say, and we've talked to the Dundrum Town Centre about this in the past, and we've talked to One for All, and we've talked to all of these, the, you know, the different shopping centres around the country. They would say, well, this is a management fee that we charge, and we only charge it after a 12-month period. And that's why, and again, I, I, at the risk of repeating myself, it is incredibly yes. important okay. that when you get the voucher, you use them. I remember a few years ago, you gave us a statistic about the amount of money that various yeah. organisations make from unpresented or un-whatever um, vouchers. Uh, yeah. you, you would think that would be enough uh, to put against that's, the handling charges. That's a, that's a really good point. Now, but the, those kinds of stats referred to expired vouchers. So let's say I bought vouchers, I, I bought vouchers for a particular shop and they expired after a year. And, mm. and that year-long expiration date was fairly common. So th- th- it was worth tens of millions of euro every year, the, the unspent money. Yes. But if I, if, I, if I run the Ray Darcy shoe shop and I sell... Connor Pope a voucher and that expires after a year once the year is expired the Ray Darcy shoe, shoe shop can now treat that money as its own yes because 
I can never cash it in again. But it's kind of changed a little bit because now that there's the, the, the five-year expiration limit, uh-huh. it's all right. about okay. to last yes, yes, for yes. at least five years. But the radar if, if, but if you have if, to hang on to that. Yeah, but look, if you have a 50 euro voucher uh, and the handing charges are introduced on year two, uh, after five years, you will be in negative equity there. <laughs> you will owe the money. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I guess yeah. one of the reasons for that, and again, this is just playing devil's advocate, one of the reasons for that is the companies don't want to be sitting on vouchers in perpetuity. They don't want to just have uh, you owning a voucher you owning a tiny tiny percentage of their business yeah, but forever it, but it, it's not as if they're index linked or anything you know what I mean like, no no 100% you, inflation like, would be eroding exactly, it anyway it'd be like, eroding it anyway yeah yeah exactly like, uh, so like you could argue and I mean we have argued in the past that listen it's just, it's just not fair Like, I, and I would be of the, the view that a 3 euro per month fee and again I'd love to see them. I'd love to see somebody do a presentation where exactly that three euro is going and how come it is costing them three euro in handling fees every month. Oh no! I mean, I I don't think it's costing any. I don't think it's costing any of those providers three euros per month. But I think what they all do is they they have the fee because what they want to do is if that if you're not using the voucher, they want it off their books. So yeah, they can't really not, that, that's the, oh, you're, you're, you're nice You're too nice Connor. That's not the motivation no, It's I, about making more money Anyway here Here's the thing Just go back to where we started You got cut off there About doing yeah. an audit On your subscriptions And again Absolutely. You know Like I'd be cynical You know they, they'll, they'll lure you And they'll get you To subscribe And then they create All sorts of uh, You know Hoops and barriers To unsubscribe well, actually, that's going to change. I mean, there's a new Digital Services Act coming down the tracks very, very quickly, and that's going to one of the one of the, the clauses in that in the new rules that are coming into force. I think on February the seventeenth or something, will be that companies will have to make it as easy to get out of a contract right. as it is to get into it. Uh-huh. Because I think a lot of people are really upset by the fact that you can sign up to a service and that's that's no problem. But then you want, when you want to leave, it's like the Hotel California, and you just can't leave. Mm. And a lot of companies do make you jump through on through hoops but it really is worth persisting and there's one thing I actually that's worth mentioning let's say if you go through your audit and I don't know what at what point the, the, when we were talking a few minutes ago that we cut out but let's say you've gone through all your services and, and there's a few that you're kind of hemming and hawing about it's always worth making a call to a company or emailing them saying you know I'd like to cancel the service now because there's a very good chance they've come back with it with it with a more attractive offer so let's say you're paying mm. an introductory offer of a euro a month for a particular service and after six months it goes up to 10 euros a month. And let's say after the six-month period you say, do you know what, I've decided to cancel. As sure as anything, a lot of those companies will say, oh, hang on, we'll keep you, yeah. we'll give you another deal to keep you for another six months. But, but you see, but, but here's, but, but, but hold on, hold on, Connor. You were unsubscribing. So whatever reason yeah. it was for unsubscribing, it hasn't changed. It's, it's like no, it's like a bad relationship. So just get out of there. Get out of there. No, there, there's three categories here, Ray. Really, there's the category of, of of content that you pay for that you really want. Yes. Okay. Then there's the category of, of content that you pay for that you never use and you've completely forgotten about. Yeah. And then there's the third grey area where it's sometimes you use it, but do you use it okay. enough to make it worth? So your if they while? give you a better deal, you might you might stay on with those. It, okay, exactly. Right, but, right, okay. but the key thing is, it's really important to go. Like, and I, I, when you say carry out a financial audit, it sounds really dull, but literally it's five minutes out of your day looking and save your money. online. And you're saying here we have to finish up here. You're saying you could uh, save up to five hundred euro easily. Uh, Okay, Connor. Pricewatch at RT.ie. Thanks very much, Connor. Uh, Connor will be back next Monday. Well, next Tuesday because next Monday is a bank holiday. Uh, Cormac and Sarah on the way on Drive Time. We're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of your Monday evening. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.